Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. We're still some, uh, an opportunity with Arizona. Uh, like I said, you know, you, you, you almost you get a gut feeling. I think we've all kind of had those that, um, you know, this was the place for, for me and my family. Um, this was the right opportunity. Um, <laughs> it's funny, I was in church a couple weeks ago as this was all going on, and the pastor's name, uh, Brian Edmonds in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh, he's... He said in life you can there's instances where you can either have control or you can have growth and you can't have both. Um, and that kinda you know, that, 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 that hit me pretty pretty good. Um, and uh, I just felt like this was a great opportunity for growth. That's Brian Flores, new defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings, introduced yesterday. He definitely chose chose the uh, growth path as opposed to the control path that he would have had as the head coach at Arizona. And I know this got a lot of reaction, Vic, like, uh, because Brian Flores mentioned the Arizona Cardinals coaching opportunity. We don't know if it was an offer. We don't know if Michael Bidwell, Monty Austin Ford said, Brian, we want you to be the head yeah. coach of the Arizona Cardinals. To me, right. the way I break this down is it was still possible that they might have a, a arrived at that conclusion, but they weren't that far down the road yet. And Brian Flores made his choice, and uh, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, no, listen, So, and, and the news of that kind of hit people a little differently than I thought it might. I actually, the way I interpreted that sort of exchange in Minnesota, I, I, I thought that's a positive, because if Michael Bidwell was looking to hire Brian Flores, I applaud him for that. It's it's not in Michael Bidwill other than to say it's an indictment of his organization that Brian Flores might have said, no, I'm good at being a D.C. in Minnesota. Take me out of that list. So I get the negative connotation. But to me, the fact that he brought in Sean Payton and the fact that he was pursuing Brian Flores, again, that 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 comforts me that, you know, it Jonathan Gannon doesn't have to be their first choice. There's a lot of great second, third choices in sports, Absolutely. in business, in in radio, everywhere. In real time, people will say, oh, man, they hired their third choice that, that doesn't matter thing. that doesn't matter i mean the, the the recent local example not so recent now but arizona basketball in moving on and trying to find their next long-term head coach it took them a very long time to arrive at sean miller and i know how it ended but sean miller had a really good run he was like mm-hmm. their fifth choice mm-hmm. yeah like literally their fifth choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah their first it, choice. It was a journey. Would have been a much smoother uh, thing. Tim Floyd. Was yeah, he would have been so good. <laughs> we don't have to worry about all those. So, so I, I agree with you there, um, and and we'll see more about what Jonathan Gannon is about. Um, you know, do when I diagnose what went on for the last thirty-seven days with the Cardinals, I th- not all eggs were in the Sean Payton basket. There was a lot of them. They went after him, mm-hmm. and I think there may have been an offer there. Uh, we'll never know. No. A lot of, uh, you know, the team's certainly not going to mm-hmm. say it, and most of the coaches won't say it either. Um, I think the Michael, equal, I'm sorry, I thought an equal amount of eggs were in the Dan Quinn basket, too. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, but I'll give Michael Bidwell credit for this. When he came out on January 9th, the day that Cliff Kingsbury was fired, and mm-hmm. he repeated the phrase, we're going to cast the net far and wide, he did it. They talked to a lot of different people. They took their time. They did their their research. Yeah. Um, you might have a little problem with the, the the length of time that it took, but there seems to be this thought too, Bick, in the NFL 
this is going to be the norm. And there's people pushing for, for you know, it to be legislated to where no team can hire a coach until after the Super Bowl, uh, which I'd be okay with. The uh, Yeah, the, the schedule of it all has always struck me as really, really odd. Uh, I, I've never liked the idea. I understand that when you're a football coach and you get the opportunity to interview for a head coaching job, it's the opportunity of a lifetime and you move every bit of furniture in your life to make that happen. But I was watching the Super Bowl Sunday night for my from my seat in the auxiliary press box, and I thought, this is nuts. Jonathan Gannon is going to have to process and absorb the outcome of this game, turn around, and perform at a job interview. I, I can't imagine a more jarring shift in mindset, mm-hmm. right? And then whether or not it happened on Monday or whether it was brief on Monday and they came back on Tuesday, who knows? My point is, I, I, I've never liked this process anyways. This whole thing has really been odd. The people, the, the coaches on good teams end up Get, end up getting penalized yeah. in some cases. Yeah, but to your point, it, it is awkward. It's got to be a weird turnaround, the emotion of losing a Super Bowl for a team that you just spent the last two years with. It's got to be immense, and then you got to put on this brave face and try to better your own situation. Whatever the timing was on that, Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football said... Uh, that happened because Gannon, uh, whatever whatever the timing was, set the tone in his interview with the Cardinals. Let me give you a little timeline here because I think the assumption is that this was in the works and it was just, let's get through the Super Bowl and we'll hire you officially. That's not the case. Jonathan Gannon had another interview Monday morning. Think about how tired we were after the Super Bowl on Sunday and then in a couple hours having to go and do a show. Jonathan Gannon got done with maybe the most heartbreaking Super Bowl loss you can imagine for a defensive coordinator, giving him 38 points or 31 points yeah. at least from the defensive side. And then got up and I'm told in Arizona had one of the most high energy positive interviews you could imagine that Monday afternoon and goes and gets the job and that's the difference here this is what it's going to be yeah, listen, I, I'm going to tell you one of the things that I really like about not just Jonathan Gannon, but what I really like, because we poked fun at the Eagles' brash coaching staff and all the mm-hmm. yapping they did, and Mark Schleyer had a little fun with it, too. What did Mark say about it? Oh, they think that they invented football. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I think the entire coaching staff of the Philadelphia Eagles, from what I'm able to understand... None of them really went down the road of we got hosed by officiating. Even the dude who got called, Bradbury, he said, yeah, I did it. It almost seems like from the top down, they made a very conscientious attempt. No excuses. Publicly, no excuse. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I was told I got a phone call yesterday from uh, from somebody um, who knows this kind of stuff, and they were very, very impressed that Jonathan Gannon didn't use the turf as an excuse because I was told that defensively you could see that field really affecting the Eagles, and and I'm sure it was true with Chiefs defenders as well. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like. You know what they say on a slippery field, the offense has an advantage because the offensive players know where they're going, yeah. and defensive players do not. It's true. It, that applies to what we saw last Sunday night. So, again, so the people who want to rip on Jonathan Gannon for that second performance, and there were a lot of red flags with it. I'm the first to say that. But you got to factor that in, that that turf negatively affected both defenses in that game. Totally agree. Okay. So, and so, and, and so I, and that's just not a, a, a me thing. That was coming from somebody in the game that, that, plus the fact that, that in the industry, everybody from Nick Sirianni all, and even Jeffrey Lurie all the way on down, props to the Eagles for zero BS after the game. Mm-hmm. Even though they could have gone there in a couple of different places. Nope, we lost. We'll yeah. deal with it. We'll be back. That, and that's what, 
I respect that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did too. Because you're right, uh, a, a large faction of their fan base is not taking that. No, <laughs> no, no. It's and, the field. Yeah, it's the penalty. Right. And, it, it's those things. And again, and and I'll tell you this. Here's another thing: without knowing John Gannon, this Mary Kay Kevin is informed. Without knowing John Gannon, I, I'll tell you this. You know, I, I respect the fact that that he's lived through that cauldron for two years in Philadelphia, and he doesn't he doesn't seem to be all thin skinned about it. You know, we've seen thin skinned coaches. Who, who get chewed up in Arizona of all places? Could you imagine being in the grinder in Philadelphia? And, and again, it wasn't just this year; it was last year too. And 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 Jonathan Gannon, to his credit, tuned it all out. Yeah. So I think we're getting I think we're getting a hard edged dude, which is uh, which is good. So there are some 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 positives here that I think probably shined to Michael Bidwell and Monty Austin Fort, and I hope it's all legit. Yep, uh, his press conference today at 10 a.m., Kevin Durant press conference at 2 p.m., big day here on Arizona Sports. You can ca- hear those live on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Coming up next, we can say another thing about Mikel Bridges. He acclimates to new settings pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into Mikel's performance last night. More uh, NBA floor burns next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Bridges is open. Bridges. Up for O'Neal. Shot clock winding down. Bridges beats the buzzer. Mikel Bridges. Major elevation. Oh, the great Iron Eagle on the calls on the Nets television network. Mikel Bridges in his third game as a Brooklyn Net. Gotta love the nickname too. Brooklyn Bridges. Not falling down. Uh, standing up 45 points, by far a new career high, blew past his career high of 34, uh, and led the uh, Brooklyn Nets to a victory over the Miami Heat. Cam Johnson had a good game, too. And this is huge. I mean, this is a big step for Mikel Bridges. And I know there's still mixed feelings because we haven't seen Kevin Durant play yet, Bick. Um, I'm thrilled for Mikel Bridges that he had this kind of game. And there's a good chance that he becomes the go-to guy. In Brooklyn, because I think they're they're trying to find their identity now with all these new players. He he could be a top one or two option offensively. All for right, them. I, I don't know if Suns fans are prepared to handle that. To be quite honestly with you, uh, quite honest with you, there was after the after his game last night, there were already and you know this, there were already people on social media ripping the Suns for the trade. And this is before Kevin Tran has even made a bucket for the Suns. But again, this is the way people react to their favorite players and that kind of thing. Um, Listen, this is great for him. For him to drop 45, 15 consecutive points at one point Mm -hmm. in time, uh, they're raving about him on the East Coast, as you might expect. I mean, you know how jaded they are on the East Coast, right? Yeah, to get a guy like him must be, who's also sort of local, in, in ways, yeah, it must be quite something. Well, and talk about the transition just team-wide for, for the mm-hmm. Nets. They had to go through the difficult process of dismantling a quote-unquote super team. And it wasn't a very popular super team because they didn't see the elements of that team together very often. I think it was 16 games that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant played together with James Harden when Mm -hmm. when they were all together. But they got rid of Harden first, then it was Kyrie, then it was Kevin Durant. But I think there was like this disappointed 
apathy that set in with Brooklyn. And now with the trades that they've made and you get guys like Mikel Bridges, there's this this new energy with that team <laughs> uh-huh. all of a sudden. Like the malaise has been lifted. Uh, and maybe, it, you know, hopefully it's been lifted from, from Kevin Durant and his time in Brooklyn too because from, from all accounts... Just that experience in Brooklyn for everybody was miserable. One of the uh, one of the great benefits to upping and moving to a completely different market or environment to work for your job as a career, if you're an athlete or whatever, is it gives you the chance to completely reinvent yourself. If you're in one place your whole life, people know you at your beginning of your career. They know they knew how deficient you might have been in your career as you went along, and they see you get better. And so there's a there's a big 360 degree view of who you are. You go to a new place. You can take all the stuff that you have shed off of you mm-hmm. and all your transformations and kind of start anew. Yes. So nobody knows you and 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 your growth and the weird growth patterns you might have had, the growing pangs you might have had. Mikel Bridges has got this ability now, and mm-hmm. I think it probably has dawned on him that as much as I never wanted to leave Phoenix, there might be something cool about this. Yes. Uh, the worst reaction to Mikel Bridges uh, night last night came from, in my opinion, ESPN basketball insider Kendrick Perkins. Did you see his tweet? Mm-hmm. The tweet reads, it's a difference between playing the right way and waiting your turn and being held back. Mikel Bridges with a smooth 45-piece wing dinner, eight biscuits and five apple pies. <laughs> Phoenix was in the damn way. Carry on, dot, dot, dot. I Listen, <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. That got, from what I could tell, zero reaction from Brooklyn fans and massive reaction from Suns fans. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's absurd. Mikel Bridges was the ultimate team player here. And I was uh, quite recently very wrong on Mikel Bridges. Well, I told you, Bick, I didn't think in in light of all the injuries that the Suns had, Mikel Bridges couldn't be that 20-point-a-night scorer because he was still scoring 15. He was struggling. They, they were struggling to score points, and they were very shorthanded. I get it. But he became I a, vi- wrong yet, he, he became a I viable offensive threat. Okay. I, did I think he had a 45-point game in him? Absolutely not. Listen, it wasn't that long ago that Mikael Bridges was asked to take the game-tying shot at the end of the game, and he missed it. It wasn't a bad attempt. But that it was game a in re- Cleveland. Yeah, it was a real awkward, weird moment for everybody. And Monty kind of was sheepish for asking him to do it. He felt bad that Mikael tried and failed. And here we are <laughs> three and a half weeks later, and he just dropped 45 as a member of a different team. That's that's. That's quite a that's quite a change. So to me, uh, again, I, I don't I, good for Mikhail. I will never be anything but not happy for him. And I know you would feel the exact same way. Most every Suns fans do. But this is going to be an interesting thing if he really does now take this opportunity and become that kind of player. Yeah. It's kind. Of, I mean, I uh-huh. think it's, for me personally, and I think a lot of Suns fans feel this way. Is like it, it, I've always viewed fandom as you're a fan of your team, and that's it. You dislike every other team. It's you're in or you're out. Mm-hmm. I have an Eastern Conference team to root for now because of Mikel Bridges and because of Cam Johnson. Cam Cam Johnson. Johnson? By the way, I showed this to Big. This is you, unreal. You couldn't believe it. This is unreal. I woke up to a text from my son, who and it said, "Did you see?" Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson were already in an episode as Brooklyn Nets of South Park. What? And he sent yeah. me the screenshot yeah. from somebody's Twitter account. 
I don't know what the plot line was. I gather it was some sort of protest going on during a game at Barclays Center between the Nets and the Clippers. And there was Mikel Bridges in South Park cartoon form and Cam Johnson. And, what and, a day! Right, and the and wow. the you can see at least in the still drawing of it, you can see Mikhail's face, but the Cam Johnson face is fabulous. <laughs> yeah, the wide eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was fabulous. So South Park oh, it's is great. still going. South Park is still I going. Have no idea. And another reminder of how just how timely that show is. That's crazy. Those guys have been on oh. that team for seven days. Timely, ahead of its time, yeah. they, repeatedly. And they still churn out episodes in, in days. Yeah, they do the episode. Did you ever that watch you that wa- documentary, yeah, Six Days to yeah. Air or whatever it is? It, and that was years ago. Fascinating how they do it. That stresses me out. Oh, it was That's str- a quick turn. It was stressful. <laughs> like half an hour before airtime, they're not done editing. <laughs> nope. Yeah, but that's what's made that show uh, last so long, wow. I guess. Uh, yeah, very happy for Mikel Bridges and the Brooklyn Nets got their first win uh, with Bridges and Johnson on the team. Coming up next, Sarah will take us through the big stories of the day this morning with the Rush Hour Reboot. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot. Here on Bickley Amarada Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm Sarah Cazell, taking you through the top stories of the day with Dan Bickley. Hey! <laughs> with Vince Marotta. Hello, ladies. My name is Vince, and I just got word that y'all building's out of code. Oh. Hello, Vince. And Jarrett Carlin. We're going to be up, 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 up. Mm-hmm. We might talk a little bit of uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Was that Peter Schrager? It was. From earlier? I want to know, what gesture was he making Let's at that time? Uh, what uh, was uh, happening? Uh, uh, uh. What was he doing with his hands? We're going to be up, 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 mm-hmm. up. We might talk a little bit of uh, 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 uh. Yeah, you really need to know where the hands were at that point. All right. Two very big press conferences today in the Valley. We have the Cardinals introducing Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach at 10 a.m. today. And then at 2 o'clock, the Suns are introducing Kevin Durant at long last. About an hour ago, in fact, exactly an hour ago, we had on Mary Kay Cabot, who covers the Cleveland Browns for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. But she, uh, during Super Bowl week, was following Jonathan Gannon because he's from Ohio. So she was doing a little hometown story. Mm. And she gave a really strong endorsement for him and particularly his leadership skills. I think John will be a tremendous, tremendous leader. There's no question about that. And you will soon see that. In fact, I believe you guys are having the introductory press conference today. Yes, we are. Uh, and you, you will find out very, very quickly that uh, that Jonathan Gannon has the it factor and that he will be able to command a room and he will be able to lead. And I think his people skills will be one of his strengths. Okay, so he doesn't have the NFL head coaching experience that both of you said you would have liked to see in the Mm -hmm. Cardinals' next head coach, but in her interview today, she says he really does have the other half of the equation that you were looking for. The people skills, the leadership skills, taking charge of a room, not being the coach bro that you didn't like about uh, the previous Cardinals coach. So what did you guys think about what she had to say? Her perspective on Johnny Gannon. Yeah, um, Again, I think that 
that I, I, I think it's good for, for people to, to, to hear outside vo- voices go, yeah, he's got a, this guy has got a personality that kind of cuts through. And, and again, I, I, I do think there is, there's a lot more value to experience than, than, oh, it doesn't matter. Let's just hire everyone who's never done it because it doesn't matter. But, but to me, hearing people talk about, yes, I, I've, I've interfaced with this dude and this dude is different like that. That makes me, it, it comforts me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's that's what we're talking about here, the ability to influence people. Yeah, and Mark make Schlereth. make an impression on people. Yeah. Mark Schlereth said the same thing yesterday. Yeah. He, he was a big fan as well. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's quite cool. No, I, I mean, my biggest takeaway was that that seems to be a belief, kind of a, a pillar of what Jonathan Gannon believes, is that experience is not necessary. Uh, there was a quote from what Mary Kay Cabot wrote in Cleveland.com um, about the time in, in Philadelphia. Quote, we had the youngest staff in the NFL. You need to hire the right people, not necessarily their resume. It's what's the right fit. So that might be a theme throughout the, the rest of the staff construction. We'll mm-hmm. see. I think it's always wise, and I know the rumor about Mike Zimmer being part of the staff in some capacity is maybe a senior, Sign me up for that. senior advisor. Yeah. I always think that's a good idea, but yeah. we'll see. I, I, he's got a different way of thinking. Uh, I'm open to it. Uh, you know, and and to to echo what you said, Sarah. No, this didn't go the way I I wanted it to. I wanted an experienced head coach coming off of that, but it is what it is. And uh, I'm you know I'm 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 behind this right now. I want to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And just for the record, she reported a couple of days ago and reiterated on the show this morning uh, that Drew Petzing, who is the Browns' quarterbacks coach, he is the leading candidate to join Jonathan Gannon as the Cardinals' offensive coordinator. So she didn't say it's definitely happening, but she kind of spoke like. It was. Yeah. It was like when you guys get to know him, not necessarily yeah. an if. So when just, you see him, he's small. <laughs> she did mention that. She did get a Kyler Murray short joke in there. Uh, speaking of Jonathan Gannon, he's got his press conference today, like we have mentioned just a dozen times already. What are you guys hoping to hear from him in his introductory press conference? I, I, I don't know what the exact language is. The tone that I want to hear is whatever backs up what we've heard. Those leadership skills, those communication skills, that dynamic ability to take over a room that we've heard uh, be talked about. Um, that would be, you know, again, nothing's going to be accomplished today. This is all just about first impressions. Either we're going to walk away from this with a good first impression, yeah. like he won the, the, the press conference. Right. If it goes poorly, it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things either. We've yeah. seen we've seen bad press conferences with with Ben McAdoo in New York that the, the rest of his tenure followed that way. Uh, um, Adam Gase too. Adam Gase. Oh, oh my goodness, I haven't thought about him Train in a wreck. while. But Nick Sirianni didn't have a good press conference in Philadelphia, and no. he was minutes away from winning a Super Bowl in year two. So. That's a great point, yeah. uh, and I I think it, we just had one with Monty Austin for it. We got a little clunky at times, especially the whole thing about how there's going to be no ego on this right. team, and it's like, oh no, no, you need some of those. But you don't need a GM to win a press conference. In this particular case, I think it's important, and I, and I think he will. I think guys like that who, who can command a room will will seize this moment. It's always yep. been one of the things that I always struggled with Cliff Kingsbury, and that was, okay, okay, maybe you don't like the media. Why don't you use us? Why don't you see the platform you have to message, yep. whether it's to the fans or to your players? Why don't you see the value in that? I, I think John, John Gannon will see. Johnny Ball. He'll see the value of that. Yes. Right. All right, now let's get to Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns, which still sounds so wild to hear myself say. Uh, James Jones 
the Suns president of basketball operations. He had his weekly appearance with Burns and Gambo yesterday, and he echoed something that you two pointed out on yesterday's show with Kevin Durant in the building for the Suns Kings game watching from the bench you you remarked that maybe his presence is going to make some players stand up a little bit straighter and try a little bit harder and that sort of thing mm-hmm. James Jones said something similar about having KD around they miss everyone you know players you know you get a chance to to be energized by you know a, a great player walking into the building and then you can't under, and underestimate the, the response and the reaction from the fans you know, we we thrive and and you know we're fueled by our fans and the atmosphere that our fans create. And so you can just see last night, even though he wasn't playing, you know the fact that he was on the bench uh, had everyone um, up top, all the way to the floor, um, filled with joy, and it was a good environment for us. So looking at the Suns roster, who do you think Kevin Durant's presence can help the most on this year's team? It helps everybody. Um, the easy answer for me is DeAndre Ayton. You hear DeAndre Ayton talk, and, and we've heard childlike wonder from DeAndre Ayton now mm. for five years. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. But when you right. hear him after a really good basketball game say, I can't believe I'm playing with KD. Um, that influence and the way KD carries himself, that could have big effects on, on DA, uh, his development the rest yeah. of his time here. And, and my working theory um, is is Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, there, there were a lot of young, goofy kids around DA that enabled him to be a young, goofy kid. He's mm. looking around. There's nowhere to go with his goofiness now. It's just you, man. Just you, bro. Although well, campaign no, likes to have a good time. No, I I agree. I just I if think plays, I, I think the the addition of of Kevin Durant, who is serious, is a heart attack when it comes to basketball. I think that's going to help him. I really do. I just I I think it's like romper room is over. Yeah. We got Katie. Ain't that some? I do love that, though. Ain't that so? That's cute. All right, let's get to some baseball quickly. Spring training is underway (laughs) with pitchers and catchers working out yesterday. And uh, Diamondbacks manager Tori Lovello, he spoke to reporters, and he was asked about the many, many rules changes coming baseball's way this season. As a refresher, some of those changes, uh, the bases are bigger. They're pizza boxes. They're pizza boxes, says Alex Cora. There's a pitch clock. The shift is banned. Pickoffs are limited. and teams are also more limited regarding when they can use a position player as a pitcher. Yes. Which rule change are you most excited to see implemented? And which one are you the most skeptical of or you're not sure no. about it? To me, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's the pitch clock. It's it's something that I think might unlock the future of baseball. And I, I hope that's not hyperbole, but it, that's what I'm into. I'm... I'm excited to see how that goes, um, but I'm I'm not saying I'm excited. I'm intrigued at what the banning of the shift is going to do. One half of me says, thank goodness, because it's just goofy. The other half says, if I'm smart enough and I've done my scouting and my analytics to know exactly where you're going to hit the ball and I put my defense to defend, I'm, you're defending the offense. It just... It doesn't quite jive from a competitive standpoint, but we'll see. I think it's going to have huge effects on uh, batting averages going going back up. Oh yeah, which they've been they've been down or small ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but there's a lot to chew on. That pitch clock yes. is pretty cool. I've seen it in in play and yeah, like I, got, yeah, I've talked Vin, about that yeah. fall league experience, and it makes for a brisk game. Well, let's go. Brisk, we're young. Brisk baseball. Let's go. <laughs> did we ever get out to that fall, fall ball game? This we never got out to the fall league this year, did we? 
Oh yeah, I, uh, I forgot to oh. text you. <laughs> you were th- we had a great time, Dan. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we didn't. Yeah. I didn't go to any this past year. I don't know why. Probably because I'm dead at ten oh one every day. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I went to one with my dad. Oh. Fall ball? Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? It is. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. It's very it's like how spring training used to be. Is that oh. right? So did you see the the pace of play? Did it did did it make a difference? They had the pitch clock and everything. Uh it never really it never came into like they never had to enforce it. Yeah. So And it's I mean it's not the same as it will be in a real big league game because, you know, the fall league is all about instruction and development, so there's not a whole lot of strategy going on. Um, but I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Go in and out in two hours and watch a baseball game. Not that that's going to happen again, but it's going to be quicker. Thank you, Sarah. We're all rebooted. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 730. Coming up next, they celebrated another championship in Kansas City yesterday. And it got weird. We'll get into some of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. Get y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. That is Patrick Mahomes at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Championship Parade yesterday in KC. And that's kind of a harrowing thought when you hear Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes himself say this is just the beginning. Now, he may not have known where he was when he said that, but when you consider the success that they've had with him as the starting quarterback... And it kind of bleeds into that whole, hey, is it possible to catch the number of rings that Tom Brady has? If this is just the beginning, then yeah, it's possible. The, uh, the Part of the reason why I love football championship parades, even more so than any other sport, it's football players, it, you know you know how the lives they lead and, and the regiment and the structure that is in their lives and how much they have to practice and how much they get screamed at and, and how they can never really let it loose. And when they're done and there's no anything the next day and they're uh-huh. like, I'm free – it, it's fabulous to watch. Did you yeah. see the quote in the locker room from Patrick Mahomes? It said, uh, I'm going to drink 100 Coors Lights. <laughs> it's like how physical the game is, <laughs> how they're hurt. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Jared. Well, I was going to say, no, also, on your point, Dan, how yeah. physical the game is, how they're hurt all the time for a whole season, to now have that yes. just relief. Yes. No one's going to be hitting me for months. No one's going to be yelling at me for months. Yeah. It's also not like it used to be. Uh, That window of unwinding and relaxing is like two (laughs) or three weeks now. I better start working out. I better start working. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's a good point. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a microphone in his hand, too. Oh, no. You know what I'm talking about, brother? Travis Kelsey, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Let me take you back to 2022 in the month of maybe April. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division, let me hear you say, hell yeah! All right now, if you knew 
number one seed. Let me hear you say hell yeah. I knew it, you knew it, but they ain't know it. Oh, brother. No one believed in us. We we shocked the world, I tell you. Nobody believed in the team with the best quarterback and the best coach and the best tight end who has won percentage in the league for the last five years. Who was in the Super Bowl two of the three last year. Right, (laughs) right. It's so stupid. It is something else. Yeah, no, again, I just don't know who feeds this to these athletes where they actually create this reality in their heads. It's just, it is so laughable. I will say this, um, even though uh, that Kelsey won the Super Bowl, his brother's better at the Super Bowl parade speech. Remember? remember The mummers. They dressed up like a mummer. uh, You guys, great memory on both of y'all. Because I could not remember the name of that outfit that he was wearing. But even his speech was great. Yes. They were blessed with, you know, oratory skills. Yes. But let me tell you something. If you are tired of hearing Travis Kelsey speak into a microphone, let me get a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. If you are tired of Jared Carlin telling stupid jokes, let me hear you say, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> if you're tired of fart noises and Andy Reid jokes and Adam Silver, let me hear you say, hell yeah. I do like the Adam Silver jokes. Yeah, total silence on that one, of course. <laughs> Play the other Kelsey ones good, too, though. Uh, here's Even more. though you're tired of them. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was tired, but I I will listen to my producer. We do this for you guys. I want you guys to genuinely know this. We do this for you guys. And we love every single time you make Arrowhead shake. In all reality, this was the best season of my life. I owe it to you guys. I owe it to the guys on this stage. I owe it to everybody in Chiefs Kingdom and the organization that we've been able to create. Jared, you're our resident wrestling geek. What would be a good ring name for Travis Kelsey? Um, hmm, I have to think about that. I know I put you on the spot. We didn't discuss this. Kelsey Hammer. Not wow! Bad. Not good. bad. Good, not Jared. Bad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's almost as good as your Brooklyn Bridges line earlier. The, so I, I put all that. Oh, I you put, stole that? No, I didn't come up with Brooklyn Bridges, but I did come up with a whole bunch of great Kevin Durant nicknames, <laughs> and I put it as a poll, and I got such a barrage of hate that I deleted it. <laughs> you didn't steal you deleted it? Too? No, I, I came up with all of them. I deleted oh, it. You no. came up with Slim Reaper? No, that's, uh, no, no. Slim Reaper was the inspiration. Lanky Muniz? Yeah, oh. Lanky Muniz. Yeah, like all those, those guys. <laughs> Bony Soprano. Tall Rudd. Tall Rudd. Right. And then I came up with the new ones today. Valley McBeal. Oh, That's my even gosh. better. On, People were hating it. on that, Jerry? They said, why are you body shaming Kevin Durant? <laughs> Valley McBeal. Do you not know That's Jared's fabulous. brand? Yeah, come on now. I'm not. I, Slim Reaper is a real nickname it of is. his. Right. So I was just okay. inspiring. I, I was confused. No, no, but I was just saying, I'm telling the listeners that I was just playing off of that for other thin-based nicknames. But They weren't whatever. having it. They weren't, weren't having it. They were and not saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I you caved did, to the pressure. caved and deleted. Uh, before the, uh, the drunken parade in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes went on uh, Jimmy Kimmel's show, and he told a great story about halftime. Did you hear this? 
you at all watching Rihanna's uh, performance during this? I didn't, but I heard it was great. But uh, Coach Reed told us, he said, if you go out to watch the performance, just keep walking because you're not playing the rest of the game. <laughs> Do you agree? I believe that Rihanna should name the baby after you. Your thoughts? Um, I, I, my name is taken by my son, Patrick LeVon Mahomes III, so I don't know if that name is still allowed. So she has, she has to think of another one. I agree. Patrick is a great name Jackson, for baby. Jackson after his brother? <laughs> we already decided on our mock my world topic for today which we'll unveil later on yeah but after we uh, after we wrapped up our meeting uh sarah and jared bick said you know what we should do most hateable famous family members oh, <laughs> most so cringy siblings <sighs> Andrew Cazell, right, and family Matt members. Cazell, <laughs> <laughs> love you. No, that's yeah. tremendous. Cringy, Isn't that good? Cringy that's siblings is a great still, name I mean, for a band. Yeah, cringy we can still siblings. do it. We have an hour and a half. But what about all this exhaustive research yeah. I've done? Well, we haven't gotten to the commercial <laughs> break before yeah. Mock yeah. My World yet, so oh, that's <laughs> I guess I could I could pivot. <laughs> I don't know. It's up for debate. Okay. <laughs> that is a tremendous topic. But though. you Thank already you. gave away the Cazelle brothers. No, they I were, would not draft them. They They're the great. They're not list. cringy. <laughs> They're not TikTok dancers. They do not ride off of anybody's success but their own. Somebody had a, just came up with a great nickname for Kevin Durant on our Twitter here. The Scorecrow. Ooh. That's excellent. <laughs> That's pretty good. Wait, that can, person's going to have to delete their account. Can now, we too. ask the listeners for their takes rather than voting on four I, of yours? That was part of the question. And all everyone said was, delete this now. Okay, well, then <laughs> come let on, them come up with their this. own thing. <laughs> well, somebody said you're better than that? Do they not okay, know well, you, no, Carlin? That, they, they meant the show, not me. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't mean me specifically. <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> Jump the rails before the blast. Gotta yes. love it. Gotta love we'll it. get back on the rails with the blast. Bick, uh, Bick will bring it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.